Hello and welcome to the Generation Gap show here with me, Clive Glover, and with Anna. Hello, Anna. Hello. Now, this time we're going to talk about Paris, and there's a reason we're going to talk about Paris, because you've just recently made a visit there, and perhaps you'd like to talk about that and um, perhaps say why you were there. Yeah, so I in the Easter holidays I visited Paris. Um, the reason for that was because um, I'm planning on, hope, well, hopefully going to university there. Um, so I was visiting the university because they had an offer holiday. Um, but I went with one of my family members and we stayed for an extended period. And yeah, it was really, I, <laughs> it was really, I mean, it was obviously great because we we're deciding to do a podcast on it. But yeah, I was my second time visiting. But it was very different knowing that I could be there in September. It was kind of made me have a different perspective towards it. Well, some of the practicalities of living there as opposed to just visiting, obviously, are sort of issues you need to deal with. But Yeah, um, that's, so, yeah. Tell me about the university. I think you said it's, it's an English university there. So does that mean they teach you in English or you have to do it in French or a bit of each? Yeah, so it's, it's well, I'll just tell you which one it is. It's University of London, but they have an institute in Paris. So University of London is basically linked to Queen Mary's, Goldsmiths, UCL, King's College, London. But um, it's so essentially you don't have to attend the university and study French. You don't have to do that. All, not all the courses involve French, but the way they do it, if you want to do a joint joint honours, so to speak, they do major and minor. So you can major in French, minor in politics or international relations or do it the other way around. So I'm at the moment trying to debate as to which one I want to do because I've been offered a place on either one. So either way around. So I'm not sure because so you the French would be taught in uh, to answer your question, the French would be taught in French and then the politics would be partially taught in French, partially taught in English. Um, but yeah, it's really good because it's an English university. So you still get the same kind of loans and the same support and it's all English speaking. So it's not like you're going to the Sorbonne, for example, and you have to do It's all kind of coordinated through the UK rather than through the French government, which <laughs> there's quite a lot of bureaucracy to say the least. Well, that, that's one of the things that France is very famous for. And certainly living there, you will find there's lots of bureaucracy to deal with, I'm sure. But um, I suppose that's only a sort of minor thing overall. Well, you say that, you say it's minor, but you have, if you want to go there in September, the way to get, you have to get a visa now because of Brexit. Um, you have to start applying for that in June time. So you kind of have to make your decision quite early. Like I haven't actually firmed my place yet. I need to do that, but um you do have to be quite organised because there's loads, there's a lot of things you have to do when you first arrive, like to do with healthcare, um, your visa, um, housing benefit. Like there's quite a lot to do. It can be quite, that's kind of, yeah, that's, uh, as I said earlier, it's kind of, that's the different kind of perspective I had that I knew that I was going to, yeah, living and visiting is very different. Being a tourist and actually being a, not a resident, but being, but living there is different. Well, indeed. Now, I've never lived in Paris, but I have spent quite a lot of time there. I had various jobs which involved me traveling there regularly. I mean, sort of every month or so for a while and spending some time there. And I've spent, I think the longest time I've spent actually staying in Paris, about two weeks, which was for, um, I was there working on a, a, a stand at a, the International Air Show, which is there every two years. Yeah. And that was quite fun um, because there was a number of people who I knew who were there on other stands and whatever. And we used to meet up every night and find, go 
to a different restaurant. That was quite fun. And one guy had lived in Paris for a long time who was a, a university professor. And he said, I know all the best restaurants in Paris where you can go and it's a decent meal or very nice meal, but cheap. And so every night we, he took us to a new one. It was absolutely fantastic. <laughs> um, but uh, that was a sort of exceptional sort of circumstances. Um, but everyone I know who has lived there has also complained about some of the complexities of getting a telephone connected up or your electricity bill being paid things like that all sort of minor things that you're probably not used to in this country because you presumably don't pay those things yourself in your family yeah. but um it will be quite enlightening but you'll um you'll grow very adult very quickly to work out all how to do all those things i'm sure this is what i think is such a good opportunity in that way to learn all those things and um as you linking back to when you talk about the restaurants that's what I really liked about Paris part of it was um like the whole cafe culture and we my mum and I went to this I don't know if you've heard of it there's several across Paris it's called Chartier and um it's a very kind of quite cheap restaurant but it's the place we went to we were staying in the opera area it's quite basically quite fancy and quite um well off and just really nice and um we went to this restaurant called Chartier and it was a really cool experience because we were sat on a table. It was really big. It was kind of in this really grand building. And then um, there's there's always massive queues. For, that's the thing I noticed about Paris. There were huge queues for some of the restaurants. It was crazy. But we sat next. So my mum and I sat opposite each other and we were on a table of four. And then a couple sat next sat next to us. And so we just spent the whole evening just chatting to them because we were literally just on a table of four. But I really like that because I've never done had that experience before in London, like ha- or another big city, um, just chatting to people who you sit next to because you don't really get that. You usually kind of have your own table. But yeah, I thought that was really cool. I I really like, um, especially I really like social eating. If that makes sense, like. Certain, I would say certain cultures are more social in the way that the food is kind of presented, like French food, like if it's, yeah, if you kind of know what I mean. Well, I think so. I remember one of the restaurants that I was taken to at that time when I, I'm remembering uh, the guy showing us a new one every night. Um, it was a real sort of studenty place. So it was, it was sort of cheap and cheerful. And th- there wasn't really a menu. There was like three things they'd cooked that day. And, you know, if you went another day, it'd be completely different things, just depending on what sort of um, food they'd managed to get hold of. Um, and they also did this thing where they, they totted up what you'd eaten or drunk on the tablecloth because it was sort that's of what they did with cloth. us yeah and, and i thought that's quite fun um yeah and, and they just come along at the end and add it all up and and take your money and where you go um but, but it's also the this sort of red and white check tablecloth syndrome which i think you may have seen but there's, there's not so many of those traditional places now because basically it's too expensive uh, to run them and some of them only have a few tables for example historically you could find a little cafe which only got like five or six tables now there's no way you can make that as a business in in this country and it's become increasingly difficult in somewhere like Paris because again you know the rents and so on are very expensive no yeah that, that's so true and um, especially also since I did notice that um there weren't a lot there were the traditional kind of seating areas outside on the street, but there weren't a lot of really small places. And also I didn't, you know, what's funny. I didn't see a lot of boulangeries either. Oh my goodness. That's end of the world. Patisseries and boulangeries. Um, I was expecting more. Yeah, I think maybe I didn't notice. It's quite, that's the thing. When you visit a new city, it's quite a lot to take in. There's loads of different places. And 
the thing is in Paris, I definitely recommend if you're walking around, make sure you look up because the architecture is amazing. Like, as in look at the top of the buildings and everything because I because it's linking back to the university. So accommodation wise, it's quite different to the UK. And one of the accommodation options that the university suggests is that you could be, this is not a very popular option, but be a, live in a chambre de bon. So basically, you probably know this, but um, for anyone who doesn't, who's listening, so it's um, basically where at the top of the tall French buildings, traditional building, there's this small room that was traditionally for the maids who used to work for families and then they had their own little room at the top of the building, um, which are tiny. But yeah, it was quite interesting to kind of see that because that's how I felt about walking in Paris. It was so, I just, I did feel like I'd been transported back in time. It felt very timeless and and very different to London. I felt like when I walk around London, it feels very kind of, modernized and the buildings there's a lot of um, office buildings that are very modern whereas in Paris except for maybe the financial district you don't really have that and I, I they, they I think they've made a lot of efforts to preserve the architecture like there's a lot there's this building actually in Paris that was built and it was taller and you can see it because Paris doesn't really have a skyline it's quite flat and there was this building that was built quite modern with a slanted roof and since that was built there's been like legislation brought in that no buildings can be built any taller than that or something along those lines because it kind of just ruins the whole aesthetic of the city well that's why they they built the uh, sort of financial institutions are all out on defense which is like the equivalent yeah. of docklands and that's got all the big sort of um, glass fronted buildings and banks and all the rest of it there but it's just a bit out of the center yes absolutely different yeah um, right so um, I just thinking back, I remember staying actually with a family, with my family. We stayed in Paris a few years ago and we found it was actually easier. And rather than going to a hotel or something, we actually rented a, a flat for a week. Yeah. And so it's sort of self catering type thing. And that was great because we found a sort of patisserie uh, just outside that building. So every morning you could go down before breakfast and buy absolutely super duper fresh croissants and uh, pan au chocolat and that sort of thing for breakfast. And that was just absolutely wonderful. I know that's the thing. It's just, I don't know what it is about. I do know what it is. It's just so, it is a very romantic city and also just so like, you don't get that in the UK. You don't get that culture. I just really like European culture in that way. I mean, maybe it's specifically Paris, but it's quite something quite dreamy. Like, I don't know if dreamy is the right word, but I did feel like I felt very relaxed and just that it was quite, I found I find it just very relaxing being there. I really enjoyed it. I'm not sure it's so relaxing. I mean, it's pretty much like London. It's fairly hectic and certainly traffic. No, but it was quite quiet. I didn't think it was very busy. Okay, it was holiday time though, wasn't it? Easter, you said. Yeah. Maybe so. I mean, the traffic in Paris is a nightmare. And I know you've recently passed your driving test. Congratulations, by the way. <laughs> Thank um, you. I wouldn't think taking up driving in Paris was a thing you want to do, though. No, 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 definitely, <laughs> definitely not. I mean, um, I think it's quite the same. I remember. I can remember examples of seeing people trying to park and get a get their car into a space which is clearly too small, and literally shunting a car in front and behind to get to move them out of the way so they can get in the space. They, oh no! And they quite happily sort of bumped into the other car and pushed it a bit to push it out of the way and that sort of thing. Um, you do have to remember though with um, Paris. I so I did French A level and I um, studied a film called La N. It's basically called it's translated to the hate. It's basically called hate. The oh, title of the film. I've seen it. Yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah, yeah. And you do have to remember central Paris is lovely, but when you get to the outskirts, it's not always as as nice. 
Like there's quite a lot of there's quite a lot of socioeconomic issues in the outskirts of Paris. That's called the balieu, isn't it? I think that's right. It's called the yeah the balieu. Uh, like my B- pronunciation yeah. isn't too brilliant, right? No, yeah. no, it's fine. Absolutely, and and when there's an argument, they go around burning cars. It's the sort of habit somehow. I don't know why. Yeah, you do, yeah. It's just interesting that kind of on the outskirts of and also you do notice in different. What I've noticed about cities is that. Um, you, it can really change from area to area. Like you walk 10 minutes and you can be in, like in London, you can walk 10 minutes and be somewhere that maybe doesn't feel so safe as the place you've just been in. Yeah, when I used to go there for business, um, I had a favourite little hotel, which was a wonderful place. Um, and uh, it was um, quite near the Eiffel Tower. And it was a very old fashioned sort of building. And um, I don't know, it had about 10 rooms. It was quite small. But the woman who ran it obviously sort of knew me and my colleagues because we stayed there every week, literally. Um, and it, they didn't have a restaurant or anything. But if you said, oh, I really quite fancy a meal, she'd say, well, I've got this and this and this. And would you like it? And so she cook up something like you know steak and chips sort of on the spot for you it was wonderful it was nice. passion fritz <laughs> yeah it's really really rather nice um and uh, that was good now one of the things i've never done and this is really quite funny is i've never been to the top of the eiffel tower i've been past it so many times but there's always a big queue and every time i thought oh, i'll come back and do it sometime but i never actually got to the top of it i must do they've that changed it now you can't walk under it oh really yeah there's a barrier around the outside but I have interesting to say that I have been up when I visited with my friend the first time I went to Paris and it is really cool actually you do get amazing views really amazing views actually really nice view from across the way from there the uh, Palais de Shiloh I remember you can walk up the top of that and it's nearly as high what you certainly it's in front of the Eiffel Tower anyway look um, <laughs> I think what I, one of the things I would recommend to you if you do go there is obviously that if you're living there you it's very easy like we we live sort of near London and I don't think I've been to all of the places in London which tourists might go to and you probably haven't either or even in St Albans you know there's places perhaps which um, you know tourists coming there would do and you might not have ever done yeah so the yeah, yeah. thing is you have to be organized and say you know every week i'm going to go and visit a different museum gallery or whatever and, and this sort of thing because there's plenty to do and i'm sure you'll find all sorts of amazing places you can go and see and visit definitely you do have to put yourself out there because <laughs> that's a big part if you a person moving abroad you could easily just be spoken speak english all the time because it's quite embarrassing most people know english a lot of people know english um, but we don't, a lot of us English don't know French. Um, so yeah, you do as, yeah, you do really have to make sure that you speak French and that's why it'd be good to get a job. But yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't really know many places to go. As I said to you earlier, I do follow some um, accounts on Instagram. Instagram's actually really good for this. There's certain accounts that post videos about, or like TikTok videos about the best places to go in Paris and there's actually a girl who's at the university who's a YouTuber and she posts quite a lot, which is quite um, interesting to look at because you can kind of imagine yourself there as well. I'm sure you can go to the library and get a good guidebook to Paris. There's lots of them and obviously there's, it's well worth investment, I'm sure, to buy a, a Parisian um, guidebook. Um, and, uh, yeah. and look through all the sort of places you can go for there. Um, but it's easy to find places which, you know, you sort of aren't necessarily in the guidebooks and think, this is a really, really nice place. Um, and That's the type of places I want to find, yeah. Yeah, the Jardin du Luxembourg is one I remember particularly nice. Yeah, A little park. 
which is really very nice. Um, okay, so um, you don't know yet whether you will definitely be going there, but you've got to sort of pull your socks up a bit or whatever to get organised to um, confirm up your um, application and so on. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know what's, ho- <clears throat> I don't really know what's holding me back. I do want to go. <laughs> it's just the course. I'm not a hundred percent sure about the course. Um, I do like parts of it, but I don't know. Sometimes some of it, so I don't fully understand. So, I mean, I'm getting, I definitely will put it first, but, <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Um, I definitely put it first, but, uh, yeah, it's just so many decisions all the time. It's not that bad. I'm, I'm, I'm over-exaggerating. Okay, there's something else I must warn you about, I think, because um, obviously getting to Paris from here is extremely easy. You can just jump on a train to St Pancras, on a train from St Pancras, and a couple of hours or so, you're there. And I think you'll suddenly find lots of your friends will say, oh, actually, um, could I come and visit you? Hopefully that, yeah, hopefully. Sorry, I was really... Um, yeah, I really hope that. I think that would be really exciting to have somebody there to show around and hopefully by then while as I've settled in I'll know some cool places to go some interesting nice places to go can be a bit of a tour guide right well okay it might the novelty might wear off after the 23rd visitor though I suspect (laughs) yeah that is true that is true Um, I mean I think would you recommend it to anyone going to I mean maybe you, have you ever lived in a foreign city? Yes, I, I lived in Washington, D.C. for about three years. And so some of the things I've just told you are really what I was told then. Um, Washington is actually curiously quite like Paris in the sense that the centre of the city was actually designed and laid out by a, a Parisian architect uh, who's invited to sort of you know build a new city. So it's got big wide boulevards and parks and things in the middle of the city. And instead of the Eiffel Tower, it's got the Washington Monument, which is a great big tall, um, well, sort of, <laughs> you can go up, it's a bit like a lighthouse, I suppose, so it hasn't got a light on the top. Um, and so, and there's big lakes and things. And um, if you've ever seen some of these sort of political rallies, uh, things like Martin Luther King, of course, giving his famous speech, he did that overlooking what's called the reflecting pool, which was a direct sort of copy of something at Versailles, basically. Um, and uh, so there's quite a lot of Parisian influence. And also the, the museums and galleries in Washington in the centre are all designed in sort of Greek style. So they've got sort of colonnades and things like that, um, but very much like the way they're done in Paris. So it, it is quite similar. Um, and living there, I suppose, was the same thing I, I had to find out where the places were to go and visit and sort of play tourists, even though I wasn't a tourist, I was living there. Um, it got to the funny point where Americans would stop me and say, hey, where's so-and-so? And I could tell them. <laughs> and I also found that quite funny. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm not a tourist, I live here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm always going to have imposter syndrome that I'm never actually going to feel like I'm, I live there. Well, you never know what might happen. You might end up living there for the rest of your life, you know. This is it. I never know what's going to... I'll go and maybe I'll never come back. Yeah. <laughs> no, of course I will, but yeah. Well, you know, it's your choice. You can make your choice from that basis. Um, so you you want to study French, which probably is quite a good place to... Um, my niece actually was in university, part of her um, degree course in Tours, not in Paris. Uh, she was doing French and English, but um, she learned English when she was in the French um university and french when she was in uh, sheffield where she was it was quite funny oh yes, that's I, a bit bizarre I, well i thought so but she thinks thought it was quite a good idea i don't quite know why <laughs> oh 
<laughs> there must be some logic behind that. I, I imagine so. I can't think what it is, but hey, there you go. Um, so, <laughs> yes, I mean, have, I know she certainly enjoyed her time in Tours, which is obviously a much smaller city, but um, and, and provincial, so not like Paris. Another thing people say is that there's always this, especially um, in politics at the moment, but people always say, oh, the French, to general, this is generalisation, I don't believe this necessarily at all, but some people are like, oh, the French aren't very friendly, um, blah, blah, blah. But I actually had a very different experience, maybe because I was with my mum and we weren't a very threatening duo, like, but everyone was so nice <laughs> to us. Everyone was very friendly to us. I don't know, I just think, it's not, I don't feel like it's healthy to make those generalisations about a whole population because I know it's just met, said in like humour and stuff, but it doesn't, I don't know, I just find, I don't know, I get a bit annoyed about it. Because <laughs> I don't think it's, I don't think it's very helpful to say those things. No, you've studied history, obviously the country with whom we have been at war by most years, by miles, is the French. I've forgotten how many hundreds of years of war we've had between them, between us and them. That is true. Yeah, so they're our, they're our main enemy, obviously. <laughs> obviously um yeah well i mean that is true both countries have had a similar sort of histories and obviously over long periods and we've been rivals over those periods so there's a sort of friendly rivalry as well as a not so friendly rivalry uh, this is something that i was thinking i definitely need to do my research on the history before i go because i think it's important to know that about a country that you're living in well again you've got to I'm sure you can easily find some very good books about the history of um, France and Paris as well. I mean, um, clearly it goes back, there's revolutions and all the rest of it typically. Um, exactly. Very different from ours. Um, but yes, um, it's quite good. And I mean, the other place which I spent quite a lot of time in for various other reasons, because, um, well, I'll explain them in a minute, is Versailles, which is just outside Paris. And obviously it it is a town as well as the palace, but the palace is the most well-known part of it um yeah where i live we had a twin town which was actually just next door to versailles so over the years have traveled backwards and forwards people and i know people who live there obviously in, in this area and i had a guided tour once with a number of other people from radlet and we went round to a, a private palace which was sort of next door to versailles and it was the queen as the king's mistress's palace and um it was fantastic and the thing that i remember most was walking through obviously very ornate building very high ceilings all the rest of it very typical sort of a palatial building um and yeah. there was a balcony and you walked out onto the balcony and just went ah because it's very high up over the seine and you literally looked out of this balcony you could see up and down the river seine um and it was just amazing yeah that's like a hidden gem isn't it when you come across those things it's like in the university library where I would be studying, hopefully, is um, you can see the Eiffel Tower from the library really clearly because the university is located near the Garden de Envelide. Envelide, yes, okay, I know. Yeah, yeah, so it's a really good location, actually. It was quite amazing because when we visited and we part of the uni offer day was our parents were, had to disappear for part of the day and we were just there as students. We went on a little walk around the local area and we so we went to the Tuileries up to the Louvre like it's just kind of crazy to think that it really I mean, some of my friends have said this about even UK universities which is still <laughs> I'm not trying no they're still amazing I'd be very happy at one but um they said they've said to me that it's they it, they're in disbelief sometimes that they actually live in, in this city because it's a big thing going to university you live in a t an area your whole life potentially or some people do move around 
Um, but yeah, it's just, yeah, it's quite, it's really a cool opportunity for a young person to kind of spread their wings in that way, I'd say. Well, indeed. And I think obviously going to a university in any sort of city or whatever, wherever it is, is different. But if it's a place which has got a huge sort of historical, cultural background and the rest of it as well, that's fantastic. And obviously Paris definitely ticks all those boxes. I mean, there's few places in the world with so well known and so on as well. Um, and yes, it's a very good opportunity, I'm sure. Yeah. If you were to do it again, would you... Did you go to university? Uh, yeah, I went to university in London. It was called Chelsea College. It's not actually... I don't think it exists now. It's part of Queen Mary. Oh, okay. Um, so, I yeah, I only went to London, so that's it. No, but I, I was actually thinking this. I would quite like to go to London, London University. I do think there's a lot to be said for them. Yeah. But then if you're just sort of commuting from home because you can you lose quite a lot of the experience, I think. No, that's true. I think you'd have to live there. But also they do say some of the... Lo- I have heard some of the London accommodations aren't actually central London for some of the universities. Well, I'm sure because obviously the cost of living in London for anything is going to be really huge for anyone. It's, it's very difficult. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's not... The, the, the experience for students is best if you're in a city which is... Um, somewhere which is reasonably um priced in that sense so i mean obviously the regional cities in in this country are, are better they're still not cheap but it's sort of you know it's a different experience and um i don't know it's wherever you go it's different because clearly you're it's the first time probably you're living by yourself and having to rely on yourself to um, do all the things you need to do just to to live um as it were, you know, have to learn to cook and things like that if you can't. I've known people say, oh dear, I don't know, I've never, never done cooking, never thought about that. And say, well, you better learn pretty quick. I know. I'm not, that's one thing I need to work on. Oh, I'm not bad at cooking, I just, yeah, I don't do it very much. I wasn't getting at you because I have no idea whether you cook or not, but I would just... No, I know, I know, but it's definitely one thing that I need to work on. Because <laughs> it's important. Someone said to me, before you go to university, it would be good to have a few staple meals that you know. Well, also, obviously, if you're in France, you might learn some French ones. But I don't. French cooking isn't quite so popular these days because it's got too much sort of cream and butter and things in it, which makes it nice, but it's possibly not that healthy. No, I know. That's so true. <laughs> All the cheese as well and the bread. Oh, yeah, bread and cheese. Well, that's it. You can have a, a meal of bread, cheese and red wine. That's that's perfect, perfect meal. Yeah, perfectly healthy as well. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> um, I once went with some friends, one of the times I went to Paris, and I was probably about your age or maybe a little bit older. Um, we used to meet up every sort of month or so and go out for meals and things. And in the summer, that would be a picnic. And so I think it was probably my idea. And I said, hey, I know, let's go for a picnic and go somewhere different. And we came up with the idea of going to have a picnic under the Eiffel Tower. Um, we did. Oh, that's so nice. So we did. We, we about eight of us, I think it was, and two car loads, and we trundled off to Paris, and uh, we actually had a, a picnic which we had um, made specially, of course, under the Eiffel Tower. I've no idea why we did that. It sounds a bit crazy, doesn't it? But <laughs> it was fun. My mum did the exact same thing. Really? Oh dear, I didn't know your mum. No, sorry. I mean, when no, we visited. I, I know, I'm, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but you, you feel that you have to have a proper sort of wicker picnic basket and you have to have a tablecloth and you have to have sort of, you know, napkins and make it really posh. Yeah, that's kind of what you feel like you should do when you're in Paris. Yeah. <laughs> I noticed I was very conscious about what I wore when I was there. I wanted to 
because because the French dress sense is quite to generalize is quite con, uh quite conservative. You don't see really any crop tops or anything like that. It's quite interesting. Right, I'm not very much an expert on Paris, but I do know. Remember, um, French women seem to be sort of always dressed very, very smartly and very, very nicely. Quite tailored, yeah. Absolutely. And um, I, where, where the place I stayed in this this hotel um, was next door to a gym, which every morning, as I was sort of walking out to go to the office, um, all these women drove up in big sort of four by fours generally and things like that and went into the gym and then I noticed in the gym I looked in there one time in the window there's basically a cafe and they were drinking kind of what looked like cognacs and things like this and having croissants and donuts even things like this and I thought they've gone to the gym they've driven to the gym they've obviously done some working out no doubt and then they presumably ruined the entire thing by filling themselves up with um, alcohol and um, pastries this is in the mornings, not not the kind of you know evening. That is so funny. That's so that's so un- bizarre. <laughs> well, and I also remember sort of going to restaurants and seeing young women like you going in together for a, a meal, having steak and sort of a meter wide bowl of chips and things like this, and little bread and all the rest of it, and all incredibly slim. So I don't know how they do it. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> well, you'll have to you have to find out the secret. I'm sure. Yeah, it'll be quite nice to go for runs along the River Seine. Absolutely, and that's a sort of very trendy thing to do, isn't it? I'm sure that's it. I mean, the parks there are really nice, and even as you say, along the kind of Champs Elysees, that area, and the, the little parks on the way down there, um, it's rather nice area. And um, obviously, it's uh, probably pretty safe as well in that sort of place. I think you know. I was going to say that I did feel very safe actually, yes. but I was with my mum, but. Yeah. Well, I do actually remember walking into a gunfight one place in Paris. Um, it, the police were fu- shooting at somebody, and I just walked around this corner. Thought, "Oh my god!" and just turned right around and went out of the way quite, rather quickly. But um, I found out later. Oh my gosh! It was one of those occasions where yeah, there's um, different police forces in France. They've got a sort of national police force, and they've got a local gendarmerie. In Paris, they've got some other local sort of um, police with guns. And there was one one or two occasions, I don't think this was the same one, but they've had occasions when two different police forces have actually been shooting each other because they didn't know what was going on. Oh my gosh, that is... That's not very good. Not, wanting to, not worrying to worry. I mean, it's just as likely to happen you walk into a shootout in London, I'm afraid, these days, isn't it? But um, The thing is, as well, when I was there, one last thing, um, my mum and I just came out of a ramen restaurant and suddenly we saw this massive vigil, people walking down the road with um, holding crosses, singing, holding candles. It was just so bizarre. Like It was really funny to see, like, just suddenly... Not funny, haha. Just a bit kind of shocking to see that. So a bit surprising. I wasn't expecting that as I walked out the restaurant. Yeah, well, it's Easter, you said. So maybe it's an Easter parade of some kind. They do these things. Oh yeah, that I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, well, it's uh, interesting to talk about this, and obviously, good luck with your application, and uh, no doubt um, you can let us know. We can talk about it later on if you're going to be in Paris. Um, yes. And uh, that sounds like a fantastic opportunity anyway, realistically. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm trying not to talk it, is very not to talk it down because I think it will be absolutely fantastic and I'm sure it will be for you. So uh, 
Let's see. So you, you've been listening to the Generation Gap show here with uh, me, Clive, and with Anna. And obviously we've been talking about Paris because Anna may end up living there sometime soon. So that'd be quite exciting. Um, thank you for that, Anna. And uh, we'll uh, talk about something else next time. And do uh, do listen out for our next podcast. <laughs>